What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Cash It. I'm Howard Bender. Adam Rohn is here by my side. What's up, Adam? How's the week been, man? How's uh, it's draft season? You having some fun? I'm trying to, but yeah, it's been a grind. A lot going on. You know, I had the auction for labor on Sunday in Palm Beach, and then Tout Wars on Tuesday. TGFBI just wrapped up in the middle of a draft Champions League. So yeah, it's it's fast. It's going on. And uh, but I don't have another draft, I believe, for at least a week, if not more. So that's good. Uh, bullshit, man. You're going to end up doing a draft champions again. Don't lie. Uh, no, I, th- I think the plan was three and this is the third one. Um, yeah, I'm in round 22 out of 50. So it's going to take probably another week to finish. And by that time, it's going to be mostly redraft. So, no, I think this will be it. All right. Well, then that's good because I might need your help in the mock draft army then. Okay. Just, well, do a, just get you to do a fun, quick mock. Okay. I've already listened. I've already spoken to, you know, DJ Short is in on it. Vlad Sedler is in on it. Like, I got some good guys who want to do, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about doing like crazy mocks like I used to do with the mock draft army, but I mean, like, you know, like legit five or six guys, you know, in there with the, uh, with the listeners. So I'm going to, I'm going to hook you in there. That's it. You've just committed. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, how was labor? Tell me about it a little bit, because I, you know, for those of you who don't know, labor takes place down. Uh, you are in like the near the Tampa area. Um, I think you're no, right. it's not. This where was, were you? Pensacola? No, Palm Beach Gardens. Palm Beach Gardens. That's the other, other side. Palm Beach Gardens on the it's on the eastern seaboard of Florida. Yeah. Oh. Shit. How yeah. far away from Fort Lauderdale? Uh, Probably an hour because I went to dinner with bitch, Rick man. Wolf and Ryan Hallam, and we took a Uber to Boca Raton, which was 45 minutes. Damn. I wish I had known. I would have pushed harder to go because I thought it was on the west. I thought it was on the west coast of Florida again, but just in a different area. Um. Damn, I would have gone and visited some friends. All right, anyway, so how was it down there? Because I didn't get to go, and uh, and you actually got to go in my place, not for the, the same league, but you know, you got to uh, go hang out with everybody. Spill the tea. Who got really drunk and stupid? Who made an ass out of themselves? Who was, you know, really cool to hang out with? I actually didn't really get to hang out too much because Saturday – I visited with a friend when I got there. Um, and then Sunday I had the auction hung out. Uh, the, the draft room for us was pretty cool. It was a loose room, a lot of joking. So that was cool. But then a lot of people were leaving on Sunday, like after the draft. So, Uh-oh. yeah. So that's why I went to dinner with Rick Wolf, Ryan Hallam, and a couple of Rick's friends. That was cool. It was a fun time. A lot of wine was ordered at dinner, seven to eight bottles for like six people. <laughs> We so, we did that. We did that at FSGA. Yeah. <laughs> Went out to so, dinner with Rick. And yeah, a lot so, of wine on the table. Yeah. So that was fun. And then when we got back, it was just the three of us kind of hanging out, uh, drinking and talking because again, a lot of people left. So I left early Monday morning, had an early flight and I had to come back and get right back into the mix. So, uh, yeah, no, no, it wasn't really time off at all, but you know, it's always good to see people in the industry and and draft yeah oh dude i i was very very i was on the broadcast i did the um like saturday night i did like three hours of the labor al the one that i usually am the uh i'm usually the auctioneer for that so saturday night i was doing that one um and then sunday was the uh the mixed uh, and I did the full broadcast for that. You and Hallam, great teams, by the way. Great teams, by the way. I mean, it was like, you know, to, as somebody who's just sitting there watching like value play, you know, like him getting guys, getting top guys for under how much I thought they should have been, you know, paid for. Um, and then watching you like build that pitching staff that you did at the tail end where – there were the there was there was one move that I was like, I think it was um you've spent eight on Charlie Morton. And I was like, hmm, you know, if you're gonna spend eight on Charlie Morton, you should have gone for the eight on Logan Gilbert. Um, 
was probably the only one, but then you got like Tyler Molly, you got Hunter Brown, you got some really good guys there for like under five bucks that I was like, oh, see, there you go. Now the fucking pitching staff is rounded out. Yeah, I wound up spending a lot of money on the offensive side. I thought a lot of players were going underpriced. It was just weird. Even the closing market was really underpriced, and I jumped in on one early because Diaz went for 21, and I got class A for 18. I was feeling good. I'm like, okay, $3 difference because in drafts, they're not that much different. I've seen drafts where class A has gone ahead of Diaz, but then the rest of the guys went really cheap. I was like, what is going on? And even some of the other bats and pitchers, like there was just a lot of players that went under price and you can't, in that scenario, people are like, oh, so then why did you spend? Well, I spent on 20 bucks on a bunch of guys and I had a 30 <laughs> and a 33. I can't get everyone, but there was just a lot of prices where I was sitting there like, what is going on here, man? But I guess that's how it goes with that one sometimes. I mean, the the funny thing is, is what we've seen, and we've seen this in tout and labor on the regular, is when you're talking about um, a 12-team mixed league, um, you know that there's going to be great bargains at the end. And so we've seen, we've seen people like you, Derek Van Riper, you guys come out swinging hard and and getting the big guys because you know how plentiful the player pool is. And you know that at the end, you're going to be able to get some decent guys for, you know, four bucks here and there. That way, you know, you know, you're not you're not going full blown stars and scrubs. You know, the player pool well enough that you can build a, a you know, you can come out and grab those big names uh, and then show some patience. I think everybody in, in your labor mixed auction uh, was very hesitant. I mean, I wasn't able to, like, sit and watch any of the bidding. I think we talked about this when I brought you on to uh, onto Sirius XM for the interview. Um, you know, I think everybody was just everybody was holding back money. Nobody was really out swinging hard uh, except for Shelly, Shelly Vergstraight. You know, she came out like swinging hard for three guys and got them immediately uh, and then had to, like, sit and back off for a little bit. But, you know, something that we'd, uh, you know. Oh, it's it, it, it's a it's a move that you have to you have to watch. Like when I'm nominating players, you know, you always have to nominate with purpose in an auction. And when I'm nominating guys, I tend to like I'll throw out, uh, you know, Edwin Diaz just with the sole purpose of not grabbing him, not not buying him. Unless he's like super under the value of what I have, I want I want that guy to, you know, set the benchmark for me. Like I want to know if Edwin Diaz is going for twenty one dollars, then okay, great. Now I know what the rest of closers like what the range should be for them. It's not they're not going to go they're not going to go higher. So, you know, I kind of like doing that in auctions. And then if you see people are are you know hedging or, or just not throwing their bid money around you kind of have to take advantage of it and i think hallam did a good job with that with like kyle tucker and julio rodriguez um you know guys who are going for you know dylan cease i think he got for 18 so you know these guys who are going for you know good four or five dollars under where i have them you know what I, what i have them earmarked for in like the fantasy alarm cheat sheet you know, yeah, you have to you have to notice that that trend is happening and, you know, try and capitalize on it for sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes if you spend early, you wind up getting bargains. Other times you don't. But I think in this instance, there were quite a few bargains early and. You know, I got Lindor for 22 early. Yeah. I thought that was a little I thought that was a kind of a bargain. I mean, O'Neill Cruz went for 22 or 23. So again, I know O'Neill Cruz has tremendous upside, but at the same time, he struck out 50% of the time against left-handers last year. His lineup isn't as good. Um, and as much upside as there is, there's still downside with the batting average. Whereas with Lindor, you know what you're getting. And even if he doesn't produce like he did last year, he's still going to give you solid numbers across the board and hits in the top of a, a very good lineup. 
Well, what'd you, what'd you pay for Austin Riley? Like 30? 30, yeah. Which is like four or five bucks cheaper than I thought he was going to go for there. So you you were able to kind of capitalize on that one as well. Yeah, apparently I'm a big Braves fan this year. Um, <laughs> that's what people keep telling me because I have a we lot of Braves. We did notice that. <laughs> yeah, um, but like I said, and I hate the Braves, obviously, as a Mets fan, but I do think they're better than the Mets still. And um, you know, they have a lot of good fantasy players. So uh, I will take players that help me win. And um, the Braves have a lot of good fantasy players uh, from across the board. I mean, Acuna, who I took in tout and I've taken in a couple DCs. I've taken Albies. Where did I take Albies? I took him recently. Oh, I took him in um, labor. Yeah. 18 bucks. Um, I've taken Albies. Uh, I've taken Riley. I have Riley in a keeper league. I have Kyle Wright. I have Max Free, Charlie Morton. Uh, I think Russell Iglesias is a really good in a lot of drafts. I see he goes like sometimes sixth, seventh closer off the board. Uh, I take him a little higher. So, and then Braves have a lot, a lot of good talent. Oh, Spencer Strider, who I didn't even plan on getting Strider. I haven't taken him anywhere, but in this draft, he went uh, in the labor 25 and it stopped. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Uh, we know he's not going to throw 200 innings, but. If his strikeout rate is what it was last year, um, then, yeah, he's going to be real productive and in a position to win a lot of games on that team. So, yeah, I have, I have a ton of Braves this year. <laughs> I love the fact that you're so old school I can hear you turning pages. Well, no, I was the only <laughs> – no, I, I have – because I wrote it. What I do is I, wrote, I, I print out a page, and then I have another page where I list the positions and write everything. I was the only person in that room that didn't have a laptop. Like I had one, but I didn't bring it with me. I'm like, yeah, I don't need it. I just have my sheet with the tiers and the prices and and uh, a sheet. I'm like, oh, what do I need a laptop for? I've never used draft software ever. And it's crazy because a lot some of those guys are older than me in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I just, it's <laughs> come my- on. There's no way Tim McLeod was, uh, was using a laptop. Well, he wasn't at labor. I'm but. kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I was just, you know, I know Lenny Melnick wasn't there, so I was just grasping at who the next oldest guy was. <laughs> um, actually, that room, you know, that room was not a ton of older people to think about it. Yeah, it was kind of a Ariel Cohen, Nick Pollock. Craig Mish was supposed to be there but couldn't make it, so Brent Hershey was drafting for him, but he gave Mish gave him all of his players and prices. And I had briefly spoke to Mish before, and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to be aggressive and take risks. I'm like, Byron, Byron Buxton, right? He's like, yep. And I think he did get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Ariel Cohen. <laughs> so, so I told Ariel before, you know, I was like, dude, you, you got to come on the show and, and you know, do your, your draft breakdown. Yeah, I relate that was message. Like, I relate that message to him because you texted me that. Was that about Ariel or was that about uh, Doug uh, Doug oh, Anderson? You told Ariel to do an Ian Khan impression. You, that's what you texted. Dude, me. his Ian Khan impression was fantastic. Oh, I didn't get to hear it. I guess I'll have to go. Oh, uh, you're gonna have. You know what? You can go on the SXM app and search fantasy drafts and search for the labor mixed, and uh, and get yourself. Um, I mean, it was uh, very late in the broadcast. I think it was probably like the fourth hour. Reserve round, because we were waiting for him, and they're like, to start our reserve round. And they're like, yeah, he's two floors up, and you can hear him. Oh, that was great. Dude, it was great. He just, uh, you know, he tried to, like, deepen his voice a little and talk about George Washington. (laughs) I was, like, sitting there, right? Kyle Elfrick is just, doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he probably... Okay. Raph is Raph is hysterical. I'm fucking losing my shit. I'm like peeing in my pants as he's doing it. It was so funny. It was so funny because you know, because the night before on the broadcast, Ian Khan did an Ariel Cohen impression. Yeah, and it's good. I've heard it. Yeah. Oh, he does a great Ariel impression. So yeah, it was uh dude, fucking Ariel was just oh, I was dying. I was dying. Absolutely. I, I, you know what, man? I mean, he's so fucking good. I, I don't want to lose to him, but I got to do more shit with Ariel Cohen. Right? I got to do more leagues with him because he's just, he's such a great dude. I mean, if you guys don't, uh, Ariel Cohen, uh, beat the shift podcast. He also does some writing over at Roto Baller. Um, 
Yeah, give, give AT, the ATC projections. That's Ariel Cohen right there. He's uh, yeah. I, and I also uh, play softball with him once in a while. Oh, I heard that you filled in on his uh, on his championship winning team a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go, Ariel Cohen. If you're listening, buddy, we love you. We definitely do. Um, all right, so auction, labor, fun, fun stuff there. Uh, and then um, we both finished our uh, our TGFBI leagues, Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Um, do you like your team? Do you not like your team? Yeah, I like it. I thought my league was really difficult, though. There was hardly any value. Um, I thought there was a lot of sharp picks. It was a very difficult draft. Um, yeah, I, you know, my, I mean, I thought I, I have a lot of sharp people in mind. Doug Anderson was in mine. Eric Carabell is in mine. A couple of people who I don't know, who I, you know, thought they did a, a good job with their picks. Um, so that was definitely going on, but yeah, I mean, I dig my team. I, dude, closers are going to be my, uh, my Achilles heel this year. Closers are going to be my Achilles heel. I know it because I just, I don't like taking them that early. And, you know, all of a sudden then the fucking run goes and I'm like, ugh, do I really, do I want to go with like David Bednar over, you know, like some other like, you know, quality player. But I guess I'm going to have to start, I'm going to have to start paying a little earlier for him. It's driving me nuts. I've been doing it pretty much every league. TGFBI, I took Edwin Diaz round two uh, in the labor, took Emmanuel Class A for 18. And in Tout Wars, I took Felix Batista at the end of round six. I debated taking one earlier in the second or third. I was kind of reading the room and I'm like, you know what? They're going to wait a little bit on closers, but picking third out of 15, once you pass on round four and five, you know a run's going to come. So uh, Diaz was the first one at three, nine in that one. So they did wait a little bit longer. Um, so Batista is kind of right there on the cutoff. I know he's kind of dealing with shoulder knee issues. He's going to throw BP. So it sounds like he might be ready to start the season. I hope so. Uh, Cause I waited till the end of round six. So if he was gone, I might've had to wait a little bit longer, but I still only came away with one in Batista. And then I took uh, a couple shots late on Reynaldo Lopez and, uh, Herget from the Angels. So one of those guys pan out, uh, then I'll be okay. If not, I'll be uh, flocking to the waiver wire like everyone else. Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, that's that's going to be a, a huge pain in the ass. And I guess, yeah, that's with the way that the closer position is set up, I'm going to have to start grabbing them a little earlier just to, you know, just to just to make sure that I keep pace, because yeah, the last thing I want to do is have to sit there and constantly like spend the entire season, you know, running to the waiver wire and and like having to spend you know too much of my budget. You know, I keep a, a draft book so that I know how much I'm spending, you know, um, on a position as the season's going on, uh, and I don't want to be spending like fifty percent of my freaking budget just chasing saves. We don't want to, but we always wind up doing it. And this year with so many unsettled closer positions, oh boy, it's going to be more fun than ever. It's definitely going to be more fun than ever. Not really. Like by, by you saying fun, and I don't think you mean fun. No, I don't. Stressful. <laughs> um, I started off my Raz Slam draft. Now the Raz Slam, here you go. I, you know, Really kind of funny with the way it is. Now it's a it's a points league. It's twelve teams. Um, you know they did a good job of kind of balancing out the scoring a little bit. Like if you look at like look at the the scoring from last year and where everybody was, you you had all your top hitters like in that realm. You know as the uh, as the top point scorers, they definitely value power um, a lot in the uh, in the Raz Slam. They also, I mean, you know, speed too. But so I had the second overall pick and I took Turner uh, and then it, it came all the way back to me and fucking both Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns were still on the board. Like I, even, you know, especially in a points league, I never see that. 
I never see that. Um, you know, somebody always jumps at the at the top starting pitching. So I took Burns with my my second pick, and then the dude who's right in front of me took Jazz Chisholm and Francisco Lindor. And I was like, oh, now I'm sitting here with Cole and Burns. So, uh, you know, and I never start off a draft like that. You know me. You you know me. You've seen me draft. I never start off a draft like that. Um, and there I so my first three picks were Turner, Burns, and Cole. And then I just, you know, now I'm just pounding offense. You know, I'll probably end up like, you know, I mean – I don't, saves aren't going to be as big a deal. Obviously, Diaz and Classe they went off in the seventh round, so saves aren't you know as coveted in a points league, at least based on the way that this scoring goes. So I think I'm just going to keep pounding offense the rest of the way. Yeah, every points league has a different scoring format, so you really just have to look at it closely and see. And usually, speed and saves tend to be devalued in those formats. They're just not as many points. Correct. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, my offense that I just started pounding was like Adley Rutschman, Jose Abreu, uh, Castellanos, Taylor Ward. And, you know, it's been a, a, you know, a day and a half since my last pick. So I'm very excited to see who's who's coming up next, because a lot of people now are like grabbing like two and three starters. So. Very, very interesting. All right, so a little bit of draft analysis, tales of labor, and uh, and the uh, the debauchery that never happened for uh, for a little trip to Florida. Which there you go. I mean, I guess uh, I guess I didn't really miss a whole hell of a lot there, huh? Well, I don't really know what happened Saturday. I know uh, there were some people out drinking pretty late. Oh, okay. All right. Well, and then I'll just have to go to somebody else for a different story. Somebody who didn't go see. A friend. I'm with you. Um, as always, guys, for for you know what we're doing over at Fantasy Alarm, just so that everybody knows, is that you know there's like a whole uh channel in our Discord that if you are in your draft, you can hit us up and uh and you know we'll uh you know we'll kind of help you help coast you along if you go to uh the fantasy alarm discord, not the DFS alarm discord. There is a um, a little chat here. Uh, you'll see it. Fantasy baseball draft advice. So live fantasy baseball draft advice. That's the fantasy alarm Discord. So you have to uh, you have to be a subscriber. Uh, the draft guide and the rankings are free, and you can go to fantasyalarm.com/slash MLB draft guide for those. Um, but the Discord and uh, and a number of other things like our DFS package and everything like that. That's uh, part of the all pro subscription. So you can go to there, go to fantasyalarm.com slash Howard and use the promo code Howard and you'll get 50% off. We don't have a bonus, uh, a Ronus bonus promo code, Adam. I'm sorry. That sucks. I don't know what you're doing. Everybody just has to go to your TikTok account now and follow it. Yes, add out of Ronus. Let's go. Yes, I know. I follow you. You show up on my uh, on my feed with the Ronus bonus. It's always nice to see. Way to way to go! You you should really you should incorporate a TikTok dance. Like it's um, just you sitting at your desk. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no dancing right now. Show some, you know, do something, man. Come on, show some cleavage. Do you know? Do something. You gotta liven that shit up, man. This TikTok Gen Z, they they need that. All right, I'll work on that. Please get it done, man. Get it done. <laughs> I don't even I haven't even posted anything on my fucking TikTok account. I think I just I just use it just to, you know, entertain myself while I'm taking a shit. I just start <laughs> I just I do. I sit there and I just start flipping through like TikTok videos while I'm taking a crap. I mean, I get like a lot of stand-up comedy, which is great. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of dog videos, some cat videos as well. Um uh, and and I do it that way. But then yeah, then I see like you with the Ronus bonus and Ricky Props, Rick Kamla. <laughs> I love seeing those, dude. Have you have you watched his uh, his live stream with uh, with with Lisa Ann? Sometimes, and he comes on uh, our show on the Playbook usually on Wednesdays to talk hoops with us. Yeah, he's he, got the the disco background. Like yeah, it's like, the disco background, man. I, 
I fucking love that. <laughs> Him and Lisa Ann have had me on a couple of times, and I'm just, I'm still, I'm mesmerized by it. <laughs> I'm like, this is great, man. I wish I had smoked before I had, uh, I had shown up here. At least then uh, it'd be that much more entertaining. So TikTok, man, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, TikTok. Although I think, uh, have you looked into the the stunt app? Have you looked into that? That was what Michael Irvin was promoting at the FSGA. Yeah, I started following them on Instagram. Ah. Okay. And downloaded the app too, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I downloaded the app too. Um, might have to look into uh, in, into some collaboration over there. Maybe we'll uh, we'll take a look. You know, I mean, listen, because Irvin's now a good friend of mine, and uh, and I can hit him up. Yeah, okay. Well, you, you doubt me? Yeah, I do. That's hurtful, man. That's really hurtful. All right. Well, then you know what? You you just you're not invited now. You're no longer invited. Maybe Lisa Ann will invite you, but I'm not going to. She will. You. I can count on her, not on you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. She is a much better friend than I am. Yeah, I'm out to sabotage you now. Trolling and sabotage. That's what I'm all about. Um. All right. So. That's everything for for draft season right there. Now, I mean, we're going to stay with MLB here um, because it's time now for our middle infield breakdown. Adam, second base and shortstop. Shortstop, nice, super deep position. Second base, a little on the top heavy side. Uh, You know, guys like uh, Altuve and Chisholm and uh, Ozzy Albies and Marcus Simeon. That's like the, the top end there. Then you kind of uh, then it kind of trickles down for you. Um, how do you approach each position? Obviously, every draft is different, but like your general strategy for middle infield. Yeah, there's so many good shortstops, but it doesn't prevent me from taking one early. I mean, I think you have to take the best stats early on. Um, you'd like to wait if you can, but I was going to take two shortstops in the first four rounds of uh, TGFBI. Um, I decided not to hoping that Corey Seager would make it back for round five. He did it, but the team three next to me did. They took Turner around one Seager in round four. And I got no problem with that. If you feel like they're the best players and while shortstop is deep, it does drop off after a certain point, kind of after the top, I'd say maybe after round nine or 10, um, there's some questionable shortstops there. So it's really kind of top heavy as far as second base. I mean, again, I never, I think people, I don't worry about position scarcity early on. I want the best stats. And right. even if I miss out on the top 12 second baseman, then I'm like, okay, that means I'm going to be strong somewhere else, whether it's corner, infield, middle, infield. So I'll figure it out. Um, you know, I think Max Muncy's not bad at second base. Uh, we saw the last two months he performed much better. Uh, he was dealing with that elbow issue. I think Jorge Polanco has a nice bounce back here. I thought he was. A lot of his underlying numbers were similar to what it was two years ago. He obviously dealt with multiple injuries. Um, Tyro Estrada, a lot of people don't buy into him. I kind of do. Uh, I think he's going to get the playing time. There's a little pop. There's a little speed. So I like him. Then you got to can tell Marte is really tough for me because like the guy has really had one big year, but he is very cheap. And he's, I think that Arizona team is intriguing. Um, and it's a pretty solid lineup. I haven't taken him yet, but I'm open to him. I think Gene Segura, I mean, I wish he would hit higher in the order. It looks like he's going to hit six for the Marlins, but he's a guy that can get double-digit home runs, double-digit steals late, so I've taken him in a couple drafts. I think Bryson Stott's kind of intriguing, Luis Urias. So there's some guys down there. Uh, we've seen a little power out of Brendan Donovan in the spring. Interested to see if that lasts. Uh, he's got multiple position eligibility. Yeah, I've I've actually grabbed him in a couple of spots. Uh, Tout Wars draft and hold and, um, and TGFBI. Because of that, I mean, second, third, and outfield eligibility, just to be able to move him around as easily as you can, you know, even if he's like, you know, he's not a starter or he might not start, it depends on what the cards do with Nolan Gorman. But if he doesn't start, he's still going to spell these guys all over the place. So he's going to see, he's going to see at bats. I like him a lot. I definitely do. Yeah, so I think, you know, there's always guys that you can find late. So I just wouldn't stress like, oh, I have to get my second baseman now. It's full, the position is falling off. I, don't worry about it. There's always someone that you can find late. And 
I would rather say, hey, this corner infielder, I have my first and third, but this corner infield is way better than the second baseman. But I really need a second baseman because it's full. No, take the corner infield, build the strength there, and worry about the second base spot later on. Yeah, what I've been doing, like, if I can grab Jazz Chisholm, I'll grab Jazz Chisholm, you know, early and, you know, first couple of rounds. Uh, and 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 that's, you know, I'll, I'll look at him. I've looked at Al- Ozzy Albies. Um, I've found myself, uh, you know, getting Andres Jimenez in a, uh, you know, like a like a seventh or eighth round kind of a situation where I actually I don't mind that. Uh, especially if we are going to see a little bit of an uptick in some speed from him, which is something that we're hearing uh, out of Cleveland. But from there, like, I'm fine waiting. I like Jonathan India for a rebound this season. Um, Tyro Estrada is a guy who I already have on, like, three teams already. Um, So it's funny that you mentioned him because, yeah, I think that – yeah, I think this Giants lineup is actually going to be a little bit better. And I think that with some power and some speed, not to mention the fact that Estrada also qualifies it short. So you can move them back and forth there. So, you know, yeah, I definitely I dig that that strategy as far as, you know, who those guys are at the at the bottom. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, you, you say to people, you can't have the best guy at every position. Just, it's not going to happen that way. And you have to accept that. And, you know, if that means that, you know, you're going to be, you know, waiting on that second base position, then you're going to have to wait on that second base position. There's nothing, there's really nothing wrong with it. I don't think that the differential that you're going to see from, you know, paying down, you know, you know laying for uh, waiting on a, a Jonathan India or a Tyro Estrada, I don't really think it's going to be that vastly different when you're looking at guys like Jorge Polanco and Gleyber Torres. I really don't. So uh, I'm fine with that. Shortstop, you know, again, very top heavy. I always find myself just grabbing one of these guys because, I, you know, again, like you said, it's it's a matter of best player. Turner, Witt, Bichette. I've taken a chance on Tatis. I did that in Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, Lindor I love. Seager I like. Um, Xander Bogarts I'm fine with there. I mean, he might not hit for as much power in San Diego, but I definitely like him for uh better run scored, better RBI total, things like that. Um, I, you know, looking down further at the shortstop position, I don't like the, the pay downs as much as I like the pay downs at second base. Yeah. It's top heavy. I mean, it gets thin pretty quickly. I mean, you're dealing with like a Javier Baez, um, C.J. Abrams, Alberto Mondesi, who's probably not going to be ready to start the year. We know his issues. Jorge Mateo, who could lose playing time. And then who's going to be the shortstop for the Yankees? Oswald Peraza, Anthony Volpe, you know? So that's that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, Peraza is a guy that kind of has been moving up a little bit, but dealing with a little bit of a foot issue now. It doesn't sound too serious. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of – it's top-heavy. Like, there's really good top 12 shortstops a few after that, and then it starts to drop off uh, towards the uh, like the eighteen to thirty range. Yeah, no, I definitely I agree with that. Is definitely a, a, a drop off. Uh, just to backtrack on the Yankees. So what we've heard now from both Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone is that uh, Oswald Peraza is, <clears throat> excuse me, he's 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 going to start as shortstop on opening day. Um, they're locking in Josh Donaldson at third, Gleyber Torres at second, um, and then uh, and Rizzo at first. DJ LeMahieu is going to be their kind of utility dude for the the time being. But you know, the 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 idea that we got from them was Donaldson's got about a month worth of rope, if. Donaldson performs, then he's going to stay there. But if Donaldson's hitting like 218 at the end of April, then they 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 could be looking at some different alternatives. And you know, and that's where then all of a sudden the Volpe conversation started even more. So we could actually even see that we could see Volpe up in May playing the hot corner for the Yankees while Lemayhew actually stays the uh, the the super utility player. 
about that? Yeah, you right. Yankees need to start going with the young players and stop giving these veterans so much patience. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I'm so I, I like ugh, Donaldson. No, I mean he might be the nicest guy in the world, and he might be a great for great for the clubhouse, but. I, I don't give a shit about the clubhouse for you know if, if if the performance on the field is not as good. Um, what do you think of Wander Franco? I have not taken him. Um, we haven't seen the power yet. I mean, is it possible that it happened? Sure, we know he's a highly touted prospect. Um, still only twenty two years old. A lot of buzz on him last year, and it didn't happen. We just haven't really seen any power from him yet. He's a phenomenal contact hitter. I mean, to have a strikeout rate in the majors today of 9.6% is just absolutely absurd. So, I mean, would I be surprised if he had 25 homers, 15 stolen bases? No, but we haven't seen it yet. So I have stayed away from him. Do you think people are overpaying for him right now? Um, Slightly. Um, But I, again, I could see like this, this big season, but I want to actually see it before it happens. So, I'll take some shortstops uh, that are going after him. Like in my TGFBI, he went pick seven of round seven. That's kind of a kind of late in a way. He usually goes a little earlier. So like O'Neill Cruz went ahead of him, Swanson went ahead of him, Tim Anderson went ahead of him, which you usually don't see. He usually goes ahead of those guys. Um, I mean, I've got him below all those guys in my rankings. Yeah, I like Willie Adamas better than him. I've got uh, he's right in front of Willie Adamas for me, but I think I, I would probably drop him a little bit there as well. Um, yeah, I just I, I, you know, it's 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 the community that doesn't really understand that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that that he could develop more power, and we could see that. But I kind of look at him more in the realm of. And you'll you'll get this comparison. You'll have to forgive me for going back to the Yankees, but um, it's like Jeter. You know, Jeter, incredibly popular, was you know was picked high in drafts all over the place um, over the years. But Miguel Tejada, A Rod, Nomar, like these guys were all out producing him in the counting stats. Jeter was doing great with the batting average. But these guys were all, you know, out slugging him. And I kind of feel like it's a similar situation for Wander Franco. Like we, we look at a guy and say, you know, he's this phenomenal prospect. He's phenomenal in, in reality. You want to build a team around him because he's that talented. But he just doesn't put up the fantasy totals that you need or that you want. And then, you know, I guess what was it? Um, the the labor auction that you did. He went for twenty one dollars. I was like, twenty one dollars. Are you like the batting average is fine, but you know, are you paying twenty one dollars for a guy to hit you? You know, twelve home runs and steal you fifteen bags. Like, is that enough of a nah, re- you know of a return? Not enough power. And yeah, maybe the batting average is good to get some speed, but I mean, he doesn't really hit the ball hard right now. He doesn't. Elevate the ball. He doesn't barrel up the ball. So until I see it, I'm not paying that much. So yeah, people are paying for the name value and the potential. And maybe it happens, but I'm not going to pay for it until I see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm just avoiding it right now. I think you know that's again, if you want, <laughs> if you want like you know 15 stolen bases and you want more than the power that Wander Franco gives you fucking Tyro Estrada is going to pop you 20 home runs and steal you, you know, 13 bags, 14 bags. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm definitely fine with that. Um, let's see, let's look for some, let me see if I can find some, some late targets here in the middle infield and uh, see what you think. You know what? Let me go to, I'm going to go to your rankings. I'm looking at mine right now and, we love that. Let me go to your rankings here. Ooh. How deep do you go? Well, ooh, look at where you got Bryce Terang. Talk to me, dude. Uh, I think he's he, going to start. He gets time this year? Yeah, I think he's going to get the opportunity to play. I mean, I would love it if he did. No no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they they could. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think what's going on with Milwaukee right now is Tyrone Taylor is hurt. That mm-hmm. could push Brian Anderson, you know, into some outfield, which could move uh, Luis Urias over to third. If, unless, you know, if they didn't want like Mike Brousseau to kind of take over there. So, yeah, that could be uh, – that's interesting. That's interesting. Terang's a, a very nice call there, Adam. I, I kind of like that. Who else you got? Give me some give me some sleepers, Adam. I want some sleepers. Mm. Um, I mean, there's not a ton of – I mean, Peraz is definitely one for the Yankees. So he's starting to move up, but I, I did take him on the draft Champions League recently. Um, we saw him come up and have a pretty productive, I think Elvis Andrews can still produce. Um, he had a good year last year now with the White Sox, good park, good lineup. I think that White Sox team rebounds this year. They don't have Tony La Russa falling asleep in the dugout this year. So that's going to help. <laughs> How that dude stayed employed still drives me insane. Absolutely insane. Um, yeah, all right, keep going. Who else? Who else? You can give me second base too. You don't have to just give me a shortstop here. We're covering the entire middle infield. Oh, I know some late targets of yours. Uh, second base, uh, probably a Gene Segura, Bryson Stott, Chris Taylor, Isak Paredes. Yeah. I do like Nick Gordon. I drafted him in town because we have unlimited IL. So I took him late. I know he's dealing with an ankle issue. Um, but I think if he gets the playing time, he's got a little pop, little speed in Michael Massey for the Royals starting second baseman. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We have, we have no projections for him. Why do we have no projections for him on the website? Who's in charge of that, man? Is that you? Nope. <laughs> Can't blame me on this one <laughs> as much as you want to. <laughs> when in doubt, I pretty much try to blame you for everything. I've noticed. I do. I do. Um, all right. Some, uh, some, some savory advice for our listeners when, uh, when dealing with the middle infield in their drafts, Adam, what well, do you, you know what's funny? So I had posted, you know, that I was down in labor and it was on Facebook and a couple guys in my home auction like, oh, now I have the blueprint on what you're doing. I'm like, it's a fucking auction. Every auction is different. What fucking blueprint do you have? Oh, he likes Lindor. Yeah, great. What the fuck are you guys <laughs> talking about? <laughs> did you uh, did you met up in uh, in in your Tout Wars team? Let me see. I was talking to DJ Short. Oh, if I um, had similar players. Right before the draft, and I was, you know, we were talking about him being a Met fan, and he doesn't let that uh, creep in. So, actually, but meanwhile, so he's if got- I have similar players in tel- in labor, is what you're saying? Yeah, do you? Um, I have Ronaldo Lopez in both. Um, let's see. Ugh. That might be it. Oh, Charlie Morton in both. Ronaldo Lopez in both. Is that John Gray? I think John Gray in both, and that's it. So not a lot of not a lot of overlap. That's good. No. Do you prefer not a lot of overlap, or do you prefer overlap? Depends. I mean, if it's a player that I think is going to be really good this year, then I think you get more overlap on middle to late round picks. It's hard to have the same early round picks across the board, although. I kind of do have a several Francisco Lindor shares, so I got to pull back. <laughs> oh, dude, this is the year to have him. What are you talking about? Is it? Dude, I love – I listen, when Lindor came to New York, I was – I said it. I was like, he is going to love being in New York. Just, you know, from everything you just kind of see from his personality and, you know – I mean, granted, it's you. You, you. I'm only getting it from the media. I'm not like speaking to him firsthand, but it just seemed like New York was a good spot, and you know, struggle the first year to kind of make it happen, and you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in him. I really am a believer. Oh, in you him. know who I have a lot? Uh oh, Luis Castillo. Oh, all right. I, I can't hate on that. 
Yeah, he he was really good last year, especially when he went to Seattle and pitching in that park compared to Cincinnati. That's a good team. Um, and the one thing that prevented Castillo from being like a top 15, top 20 pitcher was whip. And he had the best whip last year. So, yeah, I like him, especially when I'm getting him in round four. Or five. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, um, I just did a, uh, I did a, a mock draft for, um, for NBC and Roto world. Um, you know, and, it, and the, the league is shallow, right? One catcher, no middle infielder, corner infield, only three outfielders. And so, you know, knowing that it was a 12 teamer and it was this shallow. I just, I attacked hitting first i was like i'm just i'm just gonna get like you know the all the big names and i mean and it was great it was like julio rodriguez and austin riley and i think i got francisco lindor in that one um and so i loaded up on bats my first two stars you know people started grabbing starters a little on the early side there also my first two starters still carlos rodon and luis castilla yeah that's pretty good and that was like like that was like the sixth or seventh round of a 12-teamer. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But it worked, and it was great. I loved that draft. I loved that draft. Um, all right, well, I think we've kind of gone through the middle infield enough, unless, Adam, you have uh, more insightful things to, to share with our listeners. No, I think we covered it. Good job. Good job. Shall we uh, – Usher it over to the hardwood floor and talk a little NBA. Let's do it. Talk to me, because I don't know shit about the NBA. How many games are left in the regular season? Um, For most teams, about 15 or so. It's going to end like April 10th, somewhere around that range. So we're about a month away from the end of the season. And right now, man... No one would have thought this before the year. The Sacramento Kings are the number two seed in the Western Conference. Yet no one is going to pick them to go anywhere in the playoffs. Uh, they've been fortunate. They've had health. Their starting five has stayed healthy. But uh, just still amazing that they are where they are. Of course, the Suns are going to be the team everyone picks with Kevin Durant there. They are Two and a half behind the Kings for the two seed. They have won three in a row, seven and three in the last 10. Kevin Durant now looks like the minutes are back to normal. He played a, a ton of minutes in their last game. And then Wednesday night, he makes his uh, home debut. Uh, so uh, obviously Memphis is a story now with John Morant. We don't know how much oh, time he's dude, can we Can we talk about how fucking stupid that shit is? Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know what's going on because apparently he's come from it comes from a good background and everything. And it's been a couple of issues that have happened with him over the last few weeks. And then obviously being on Instagram live with a gun and they said it was two games he was going to miss. But I think it's going to be more. Um, so I in my home league, I, I I was surprised this guy held Tyus Jones, the backup point guard all year long and then must have dropped him like right before this John Morant, because I was like, oh shit, he's on the waivers. So I spent a lot of my fab to get him. Um, I did play his player prop on Wednesday and he disappointed, I mean, Tuesday and he disappointed. I couldn't believe it because I was in Florida on Sunday, so I couldn't bet. And I'm like, I was telling Ron how I'm like, oh, I love Tyus Jones points, rebounds, assists tonight. And I can't play it, man. And uh, he went over it easily. He had 25 points, 12 assists, three re rebounds Sunday against the Clippers. And then I was on it last night against the Lakers and he only had 16 points, three assists. He went over his points prop 15 and a half, but I played the 22 and a half points and assists. He only had 19, but apparently the Lakers have been one of the best defensive teams, which I was surprised to see over the last few weeks. Um, but the Anthony Davis right now is just absolutely fucking crushing. And I, I was talking about his prop on the show yesterday. I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of high, 42 and a half points, rebounds. And he fucking obliterated it again, 30 points, 22 rebounds. So with no LeBron, Anthony Davis is carrying this team. And now they are the ninth seed. So it looks like they're going to get in the playing game, especially if they get LeBron back. But Anthony Davis props, you, you got to look at right now. His these, these are his lines over the last few games. 30 points, 22 rebounds, 39 points, eight rebounds, six assists, 38 points, five rebounds, two assists, 28 points, 19 rebounds, five blocks. 30 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, three blocks. I mean, he's just crushing it. There's 30 points now in 
four of the last five games. And this was the same matchup against Memphis that he had the 28, 19 that comes back with 30 and 22. So um, Anthony Davis, definitely someone to look at for props right now. Interested to see how high the books put him because uh, he is just uh, tearing it up right now. Yeah. Well, I will, uh, I will stay away from it because you know that the, the day that I buy into it and I start hurt. Betting his props. Yeah, he's going to get hurt. He's going to come out of the game. On the other guy to look at is Mikel Bridges, man. Ever since he got traded to the Nets, he has just been on a tear. Um, He had 30 points on Tuesday. His last few games, 30 points, 33, 38, 21, 31, 24. Uh, He's taken 20 shots from the field almost every game. So he's been the go-to guy for Brooklyn since the trade. The books have pushed him up. I think it was 24 and a half points on Tuesday. He went over it again. Because for a while, I was sitting 19 and a half, 20 and a half. Um, and he's been crushing that. So it was up to 24 and a half against Houston. Um, I did points, rebounds, 28 and a half. He had no fucking rebounds, but at least he scored 30. <laughs> so I cashed the prop. <laughs> I don't know how he had no rebounds against the Rockets. But um, yeah. And then, you know, obviously players sitting out. Like I took advantage of uh, the Bucks on Tuesday night. Giannis was out. Drew Holiday was out. So I bet Chris Middleton who uh, started for the first time since coming back from the injury and played the most minutes. He's been hovering around a 25-minute limit. He played 31 and had 24 points, 11 assists, uh, and four rebounds. But, you know, I think Giannis and Drew Holly will probably be back. Um, Damian Lillard has been on a heater. Um, but, yeah, NBA is, gonna get, is getting really interesting now. Uh, the Knicks obviously were a big story for a while. They had won nine in a row, and, of course, they fucking lose to Charlotte at home. After beating Boston in double overtime on Sunday, that was a great game that I really didn't get to see because I was in a Uber um, for the overtime. I was kind of following it on my phone. But, yeah, the Knicks have been playing great basketball. And, um, yeah, they're they're currently the fifth seed in the East. So might be shaping up to be a Cleveland Knicks first round. Uh and now the Bucks have opened up a two and a half game lead on Boston. Boston is kind of struggling. They lost three in a row, five and five over the last ten. I've said all year though, I think the Bucks are the best team in the East, so I'm still mm-hmm. picking them. Uh, the West is where the intrigue is. Denver's been great. Jokic is well on his way to earning his third straight MVP, but a lot of people are going to pick the Suns uh, because of Kevin Durant being there. Um, Golden State continues to be mediocre, man. Uh, I, they fucking lost to the Thunder on Tuesday night and. Man, I just can't back this team, man. A lot of people are like, oh, the Warriors, man. They just lost to the Lakers and Thunder on the road, man. They have been horrendous. And Curry is back. Curry was back for both those games. And they lost by eight to the Lakers. And they lost by nine to the Thunder, who basically are like, yeah, we really don't want to make the uh, make the playing game. They said Shea Gildas Alexander's on a minutes limit. He wasn't last night. And they're sitting him on Wednesday night when they are tied with the Pelicans. For the last spot. So I don't know, man. I just, I cannot back the Warriors. You'll probably see a lot of people like, oh, the Warriors. I don't see it, man. I'm afraid to like completely go all against them because they still have Curry, Thompson, Dre. But this team has shown no consistency all year long. They're seven and 25 on the road. How could you win an NBA title when you're that shitty on the road? Yeah, that's. Seven they the, twenty-five. They have the third worst record on the road in the Western Conference. The two teams are worse. The two worst teams, the Spurs and the Rockets, both six and twenty-seven. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> now the well, key, then, though, you know what? Then, the then key though is the key is going to be the key is going to be the draw for them though, because right now they're the six. Now, if you look at the Western standings, there's a lot of movement could happen. They're the six. They play Memphis in the first round. They could probably beat Memphis. Again, I expect John Moran to be back for the playoffs. I don't know exactly when he's going to return, but I didn't like Memphis anyway before that. Uh, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. So, like, if they get Memphis in the first round, even though Memphis is really good at home, like, that's a series they could win. Now, if they get Phoenix in the first round, they're going home. If they get Phoenix in the first round, they're definitely going home. There's no doubt about that. I'm still, yeah, I, you know, again, I, I I know you don't like talking about this kind of stuff here, but the John Morant fucking flashing a piece on Instagram just still gets me. Yeah, I like, don't know what he's thinking, man. I I don't know what's going on with him. He's obviously not thinking or like somebody, somebody called him a bitch or something like that. And he's like trying to 
overcompensate for it. But I mean, do we not learn from Plaxico Burris that you don't bring a piece to a club? And really, if you're sitting there at a strip club, right, and you got these, you know, all these girls rubbing up on you and stuff like, like you, you got a gun in your, on you right there. Like, what's going to happen then? There's, there's, it's just it makes no sense. It makes no sense to me, especially when you're a kid like Morant, who, you know, I mean, I've heard you talk about him, say all sorts of great things about, you know, his talent and everything like that. That that you do something like that, it's just it's a it's a weird it's a weird move. I don't I don't really I just don't understand it. Neither do I, man. It makes no sense at all. So, um, all right, well, so your article comes out uh, on Pixwise on Friday. Everybody will have to check that out. What else you got coming up? You gonna go record a new Ronas bonus right after this show? No, no, it's already out for today. I didn't do one for a few days. I've been really busy, so. Um, but yeah, got shows and articles and rankings to update and, you know, we're in the grind next weekend. Oh yeah. You're not coming to tout, right? Don't fucking rub it in. No, I'm not. You act like it. It's not like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good, but it's not like you're going to miss a ton. No, you know, New York for me is, I mean, New York is home. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. It's not just about being – I mean, listen, I love being at the drafts, and I love seeing everybody who I haven't had a chance to see. Um, but, you know, it's also about being back in the city for me. I miss it. I love it. I didn't get to go back this uh, this past December, so this obviously stings even more. Sorry. Sorry. To, well, you you know what? I'm not fucking sorry. You opened wounds for me recently, so fuck you again for another Aww. podcast. Oh come on, dude! Like, you, why you got? Why are you living in the past, Adam? Look forward, not behind. Okay. That's what I do. I, I do look forward. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to us uh, setting our clocks ahead this weekend. Don't forget, guys. Oh shit! Are we doing that nonsense again? Is this yeah. like the last time? Is it really? I didn't hear that. This is the last time. I feel like that. I, I I feel like I heard that they're they're going to abandon the whole daylight savings thing. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So is that this fucking weekend? God yep. damn, Saturday. Man. Saturday, Saturday, like going Saturday into Sunday or is yes. Friday into Saturday? Saturday into Sunday. All right. All right. So it's not going to fuck me up. I got a live draft. I got the barf draft uh, in uh, on Saturday and that's uh, that's live at the rec room in San Francisco. If you guys are listening uh, and anybody out there lives in the, in the Bay area, um, I think starting at like, it's 11 a.m. or maybe it's noon. Uh, the Barf League has its draft. So me, Justin Mason will be there. I think Matty Wood is going to be there. No, Matty Wood's not there. That's right. Matty Wood moved. Um, just a really good group of uh, of local Bay Area fantasy analysts. So pop by the rec room. Come buy me a beer. How about that? Get me all sorts of fucked up during this draft. My favorite, my favorite weed store is right on the corner, by the way, where the rec room is. Oh, well, I, I guess we know what you're doing. Shout out to California Cannabis. Dude, the, the last time, so I was there for, um, I missed the last football draft, but the last baseball draft I was at, and I walked into California Cannabis, like right at the, uh, you know, before the, the draft even started, and I was like, oh, yeah, I need some flour. Uh, give me a couple of the uh, these pens so that I can go and sit and smoke while doing it. And uh, and they gave me one that was um, it was a, a, a new brand that I had never heard of. Um, and it was amazing. Absolutely. Like at one point during the draft, I had to like. I had to like sit there, compose myself consciously walk myself to the bathroom, splash some cold water on my face, take a leak, and then come out. And everybody's looking at me like, dude, are you okay? You look like you're about to throw up. Did you throw up? I was like, no, I just got really high right now. <laughs> They're like, all right, it's your pick. And I had to like rally, figure that shit out. There's nothing better than new weed. See, you drinkers, you're, you're, you're a drinker. You don't understand what happens. When you get new weed, Adam, new weed is the best. It's always just a, a delicious present because 
you know, if you've been smoking the same shit for like even just like a week, you know, your body builds up that tolerance for it. So when you get like new weed, it is like bing, 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 bing. So good. Well, hopefully you get some more again this weekend. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I actually I have like I have I have some money stashed in a little area so that, you know, the wife doesn't see how much I'm going to spend <laughs> over there. <laughs> OK, so that's what I have to look forward to when I'm married. Hiding shit. Oh, yeah, dude. You know what? I mean, the, the married girlfriend doesn't matter. You're still always hiding shit. You know it, right? Come on, don't even like you, know, no, you want to open up to that little. Why do I have to worms? hide anything from my girlfriend? I've never lived with a girl, so I don't need to hide shit. Mm. Mm. All right, you've never hidden anything from a girlfriend. A physical uh, uh, object, or you know, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, I guess uh, you know, I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm hiding money from my wife. I'm not <laughs> hiding. I'm not hiding. Like I'm hiding money so that I have like a little stash in case. I want a little something special because my wife loves to she you know what my wife loves to do she loves to let her ambient kick in and make bad decisions late night online shopping. Yeah. That's what my good. wife loves to do. So yeah, I have to you, stash a little. And you don't need cash for that. All you need is a card. Oh, I dude, it's fucking brutal. I'm always like, "What the fuck did you buy?" <laughs> so, you know, so I have to like, you know, I stash a little cash, you know, for me. I like I'll take it out of the ATM or something like that and I'll just kind of tuck it aside and whatever. And then that way, you know, I can go do this. I won't hide the the weed pen or anything like that. She'll be like, Oh, where'd you get that? And I'll be like, Oh yeah. I just, you know, picked it up at California cannabis at the, at the barf draft. She won't like think twice about it. <laughs> it's heading over there. That's, you know, that's when she's like looking at the bank account. Did he take out some cash for that? You're never getting married, dude. Admit it. You know you're not getting getting married. No, it's yet. it's possible. Oh, really? All right, dude. Ashanti is not going to marry you. It doesn't have to be her. I mean, I would definitely <laughs> marry her on the spot if that came up, but it doesn't have to be her. No. Okay. I mean, I could get married at like 55, 60. It's possible. You could. You could. <laughs> Absolutely. Megan the Stallion could just, you know, bump right into you and boom, bam. There you go. There you go. Megan the Stallion. What about Lizzo? Would you do Lizzo? Oh, I would definitely bang her. Ah, see. Oh, <laughs> you're not supposed to say, can't say bang. You got to say oh, no. do. Bang is less. Bang is more aggressive. Oh, am I going to get canceled? You're totally getting canceled right now. <laughs> Shannon, edit this out. And she no, don't edit it. it out. This is good stuff. <laughs> would you? Would you hit Lizzo up? Um, no, probably not. I would. I mean, I think she's got a very, very cute face. She's a little big for me. I'm not going to lie. Nah, she's not too thick for me. She can get it. Megan the Stallion, I'd be all over. I would too. Yeah. (laughs) Just to show you where I'm drawing my line. (laughs) Yeah, my line is. All right, Shannon, maybe you should edit this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Big girls need love too, man. Dude, listen, I have you ever met my wife? No. My wife, my wife, she's she's five nine. She's not a she's she's you know, she's not built like a linebacker, but she's you know, she's got some thickness to her. I, I don't like I don't I, I'm not a little skinny waif girl type of guy. No, I, I've never I been am not either. Guy. I like thick girls. Yeah. So there you go. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> And we've just been canceled. Now we get a bunch of DMs from uh, bigger women. You would love that, right? I actually would, yeah. Yeah, me? No, stay out of my DMs. I'm married, (laughs) folks. I'm married. I never cheat on my wife. Never, 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 ever. She's too much for me to handle anyway. My God. Then to have her like mad at me for something like that, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's shut it down here. You got a show to do. I got a show to do. We got shit going on here. Um, you know, listen, again, fantasyalarm.com, the MLB draft guide and the cheat sheet and the rankings, they're all free. Go over there, get in on it. 
so good. Um, there's also a bunch of like, if you, when you download the cheat sheet, you'll see there's a, a promo code and a QR code that if you wanted to, uh, subscribe to fantasy alarm, then, uh, we got uh, that 50% discount. You could also just, again, go to fantasyalarm.com slash Howard and use the promo code Howard. And that'll just give you uh, 50% off, uh, as well. Check out Adam's work over on TikTok. What's your TikTok? Are you at Adam Ronas on TikTok? That is correct. Check out the Rona's bonus on TikTok. Give Adam a follow. Um, don't follow me on TikTok. It's not going to be exciting yet. Uh, I'll let you know when when that time has come. Uh, yeah, Pixwise article on Friday. All the shit that we got going on over at Fantasy Alarm over the next couple of days. Not to mention the fact that you can get live in-draft advice. Somebody is always paying attention uh, to that channel over on our Discord. So that's going to do it for us here today on Cash It. Thank you always for liking and subscribing. For Adam Ronas, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.